Welcome to Houndsy, the Steal Me Podcast. I'm Dan Yost, and with me tonight, we got a couple of fine gentlemen. First, making his return to the podcast tonight, it's Storino, Steve Storino. Steve, what's good, buddy? Doing good, my dog. How are you? I am uh, I'm sitting here on this nice little chair, recording a podcast. Uh, a little, little cool at the moment, but we'll get through it. And also with us tonight, Vesti. Vesti, what's good, man? Hey, good evening. Uh, pretty excited to be able to actually talk about a game that I saw with my own eyes. We did. There, we we finally got a couple of people to, to see a preseason game. the The stars aligned, the schedule aligned, the weather worked out, and that'll be something we have to talk about tonight on this uh, what a week and a half before this twenty twenty two season kicks off. So we're getting down it, it's to the up uh, on us. Yeah, it really has. We went from where's the schedule to. Uh, to like 10 days out or something like that. So, let's, uh, with no, uh, nothing else to stop us to get closer to, uh, to this new season, let's talk about some news. Uh, in the past week, the club has signed four new players. All of them would be what you would consider, uh, rookies, guys just out of college. I'll run through them all right here and then we can see if we have any thoughts about them. First, we got Luke Biasi. He's going to be a defender from Syracuse. Before he was at Syracuse, he was at Memphis, graduated from Memphis, did a, a graduate year at Syracuse, and now he finds himself with the Hounds. Next to him is going to be uh, Mark Yabera, a midfielder from Michigan. He did play with Robbie Mertz for a couple years when he was with the Wolverines. Uh, the other person who we talked about last week as we discovered his name, Chase Vosvik, the goalkeeper from Loyola, Maryland. And then the fourth signing, Toby Sims, a defender from Chowan University in North Carolina, originally from Tuxford, England. Those four new signings, all fresh out of college. Any names or anything out of those, uh, out of those quick little bios that stick out to you, Vesti? Um, you know, it's interesting signings since they were all fresh out of college. Uh, a couple of them... I forget who I think went through the super draft for MLS, but didn't actually make any of the teams. Uh, but so, you know, when you, when you first see that we're signing a bunch of college guys, you probably instinctually think that they're just for depth, um, you know, to, to fill out the bench and especially for you know, later in the season when you need to rest some of the uh, more experienced people. But, yeah, we'll, we'll get into it when we talk about the games. I think there was some interesting uh, uh, playtime uh, that some of these guys got that maybe indicates they are more than just depth and they might actually have uh, positions in the starting 11 or at least off the bench. Yeah, the, we saw a, a little bit more of them in that preseason game, which we, we will get to in a little bit than I was expecting, especially getting now that we're at that point two weeks out from, from the game's account. Steve, anything out of these four guys that uh, – that piques your interest, raise your eyebrows, anything like that? Uh, not too much. I think, uh, you know, a couple guys fresh out of college is, you know, kind of saying what Bessie said. It seems like they were a little bit more of a depth signing, but, uh, you know, they seem like they were definitely standouts at the schools they were at. So, you know, Lily knows how to pick them. I mean, he saw something in those guys, gave them a lot of minutes in some preseason games. Hopefully, uh, Hopefully they blossom into something good for us. Now, in addition to those four four young men straight off college, there was still at least one trialist. We think only one trialist left with the club. Uh, 
we we picked up on when we were down at the stadium on Saturday. We know you also played just the other day against Pitt. This is going to be Luis Aguero. He is a midfielder. He has 39 appearances for the Columbus Crew back in 2018 and 2019. Uh, one goal during that time. And then he had two games on loan with Hartford. He was played out of the country last year, and now he's hanging out here on the south side with Bob, looking to looking to hang on. And the fact that he was named uh, in the, the recap after his pit game would lead us to think he probably will be signed. So assuming that happens, how is a, a midfielder with 39 appearances for the crew? Does that do anything for you, Steve? Um, I mean, it definitely shows promise, if I remember correctly. I think most of his issues were just injury-related. So, I mean, he probably was kind of low on the totem pole at Columbus and, you know, injury struck, and he just never got his chance to shine. So similar to these guys fresh out of college, I think uh, I think there's some hope for him. Um Hoping Bob saw something in him that none of us get to, got to see just yet. I mean, I don't know the player himself too much, but uh, yeah, sounds promising. I mean, a lot of players are calling him by name from what I heard. I haven't made it to a preseason game, but I don't know. It just seems like seems like he was a plug-and-play guy. Seems like another just one of those MLS leftovers sort of that Bob Lilly always seems to find. Now, when we saw him on Saturday, and we'll, I guess, may separate this from, from the, the Louisville recap, when we saw him on Saturday, he it was more of an, of an attacking midfielder. I was looking up the stats and the numbers, and I, th- I thought more of a striker, but th- he's listed as a midfielder. He was definitely at points the, the furthest advanced midfielder on the on the field. Uh, Vesti, anything that stuck out with you? Um, without having to necessarily give away your thoughts on, on the player, anything that just stuck out to you about uh a trialist still with the club with a bit of experience on him. Yeah. Without getting into the game, although I guess we'll, we'll probably hit that next. Um, I'd say just having a trialist this late in preseason probably is. And like you mentioned him also being actually named in one of the recent recaps, I think that's a good sign that we're probably going to sign him. Uh, I, I would think I mean, we've seen in the past that if Bob didn't like somebody, he would cut them that week and then bring somebody else in. So if you're sticking around in a Bob preseason squad, it's, it's, I think there's a good chance we're going to see you on the roster for the regular season. Given how the last couple of weeks have gone, we're going to make we're going to record this, and then tomorrow, being Thursday, about noon to two p.m., they'll announce that they've signed him. And so all of our predictive chatter about will or will they not sign him will will basically be useless by the time most people listen to this. So, hounds, if you yeah, start we, doing, we, doing your signings on. Wednesdays from now on, that'd be fantastic. Yeah, our schedule makes this uh, really good for Friday news dumps, either good or bad, to, to make us look like we know what we're talking about or put a lot of egg in our face. So we're here, we're here going out on the on the ledge, going out on the, the wire, willing to look stupid, willing to sound stupid. That's <laughs> what we do. So in addition to those four, possibly five signings by the time you hear this, there were two other preseason games for their hounds this, this past week. The, the bigger one of the two was on Saturday, a little fixture, a little preseason tilt with Louisville. It ended 1-1. Uh, we can give out the specifics here in as we go through it. Uh, Vesti, you were down there with me. What um, kind of over, without me going into specific players yet, is there anything kind of overarching that uh, you pulled away from that? 
Well, I mean, first and foremost, it's great to be back in Highmark Stadium after a uh, a long and earlier off season than we expected. Wish it was a little warmer, but that's you know February soccer. Um, still that time of the year where the sun is actually behind Mount Washington instead of being down um, like in the summer, so a little chilly. But um, no, it, was, it was a good game. Uh, I was impressed or surprised, I guess, about how serious both teams were really taking it. Um, there was a lot of really hard challenges. Um, I think there were like two yellows, two or three yellows, um, a, a PK at one point. You know the guys are really going at it. You could hear them yelling for for calls, and um, you know I think it's the the nature of playing and an actual, another professional team as opposed to a college team where they're also you know trying to get ready for the season. So um, with how close to the season we are, both both teams were definitely giving it their all. Um, whereas you know we didn't necessarily see the pit game, but I could see them probably taking their foot off the pedal a little bit uh, for that midweek game against Pitt. No, it's a good shout. And you're absolutely right. It was kind of humorous to watch watch guys kick the ball away after after went out out of play to prevent a quick throw in or to prevent a restart on a free kick. I mean, there was one time there was a the Hounds got a free kick basically at the middle of the field, and it, I ooh, I don't want to attach a name to it in case I get it wrong. There was a Louisville player standing over the ball to prevent a quick restart in the middle of the field in a preseason game. And it, it was pretty humorous, at least for, to me. I, I found that uh, found it pretty good. But there, it was a high-energy game, a uh, lot of hustle, a lot of determination. You're absolutely right. A lot of begging for, for calls. So guys are, I guess, they're getting ready for uh, for the real thing here a couple in a couple days. Yeah, uh, I think we're lucky that, um, honestly, we were, I think we're lucky that we didn't uh, come out of that with somebody getting hurt with some of those tackles, like it's it you know preseason slop plus hard tackles, and that's you know it could be a bad combination sometimes. Indeed, but to the best as we could tell, there was no everyone got out there unscathed. Sounds like the same thing on on Tuesday with Pitt that we'll get to. I guess we can get into specific players. Vesti, was there anyone that stood out to you? Uh, let's just stay on the positive side. Anyone that stuck out to you? On on the good end. Uh, yeah. So the the person that really stood out to me was uh, Drambot, um, who's Robbie, I think is his first name. Yes. So he he got subbed in. Um, I think it was at halftime or just before halftime, but he definitely played a, a full half uh, at a um, left back winger. Uh, he seems like he's going to be. Uh, potentially this year is like Ryan James, you know, like, you know, he's on defense, but he's playing halfway up the field and making runs whenever possible uh, on the left side there. He was really showing off a lot of fancy footwork. Um, you know, some, uh, God, I forget the terminology. I'm just going to call it Deeks. I don't even know if that's right, but, um, you know, just kind of like, you know, you know, getting the ball around guys to make runs or, um, you know, since he's on defense, just kind of like controlling the ball really well to then get it to the next guy to go forward. Um, and he, as a winger too, you know, he had to show a lot of hustle and that's a lot, something you notice um, pretty easily when that guy is streaking up the side all the time. It did seem like his positioning maybe needs a little bit of work in relation to just knowing like where uh, Cicerone is going to run to. 
Uh, there were some miscommunications there. But I, I thought he had a really strong showing um, in that position and, and seemed like he had a lot of skill. So I think he could be a, a really nice uh, you know, left-back piece there. Yeah, there was times where coming from that left-back, that left-wing-back position, he became the f- most advanced player on the field in some of those pressing transitional moments where he was either bringing the ball up and then dishing it off and then still progressing forward to receive the next pass. But yeah, there was mm-hmm. plenty of times where he was he was getting the furthest up the field and then having to quickly drop back uh, to reestablish what for the most of that game was a was a four man back line. Yeah, they um, it was uh yeah pretty much, pretty much a four man back the entire time. Although with with the wing back, uh, he's up a lot, so then they switched to three, um, and then it was uh, uh, Jelani and Wheat as our two center backs. Um, for the second half, I forget who was the, oh, I, um, and it was Jelani and um, Ordunez that was the center backs for the first half for the most part. And then on the right side, they had um, that Biasi um, guy out of college um, for the first half, and then I forget who was there in the second half. Uh, I think Sim, Sims, the other guy, came on for a bit. Oh, yeah. Um, Sim, so Sims is another one of those college guys we talked about earlier. He played the interesting thing I thought with him for being a college guy and a recent signee is that he played 60 minutes, I think, um, you know, a decent amount of time compared to some of the other guys uh, on the, on the defensive. I think maybe he was on the right back and then Jerem, um, uh, Dan brought replaced Biasi in the second half. Um, but yeah, but Sims played a lot um, for a young new guy. And then looking at the, the um, substitution sheets for the pit game is kind of the same deal. He started and then played to like the 50 or 60th minute. So seeing a lot of minutes here for being recently signed. And I think I want, or I wonder if that's a, he hasn't been around a lot and Bob needs to see what he can do or Bob really likes him because we saw the lineups between the two games were were fairly similar. Um, I know we're kind of, I'm kind of like, you know, straddling both of them, but, uh, just kind of some interesting patterns if you you look at the lineups and things. Yeah, the player that stuck out to me, and this is going to be someone we've seen before, we have a little bit of experience with, uh, Al Dequa stood out to me uh, a lot more. I think we're at least to me, I'm always thinking of him as he's going to be the big guy who's who's getting the ball with his back to goal, and he's going to be that target man trying to poach and finish. He um he was hustling, and he drew the the foul that was led for the penalty. And that was nothing more than him uh, being behind the defender, working hard to get around around the defender, getting a stride ahead of him, and then getting the position that basically forced that defender to clip him in the box for the for the, the no doubt penalty. But it, watching him all day, it was there was just a lot of energy coming out of him. A lot of his touches he was for the most part coming down the right side. A lot of his touches back across the box were looking good. I am excited that a a healthy, me, re-energized uh, Al Dequa might be a big surprise for this club this year. Yeah, with, with the number of offensive weapons that we have, I think there's definitely going to be um, you know, some competition for play time. And if he has that drive, that can only be good things for us. Um, in addition to playing like a four four man back for most of the time, a lot of the 
or what, a lot of what we saw of the strikers um, was kind of the familiar one guy up top, and then you'd have like your attacking midfielders like Dixon or whoever kind of on the on the sides uh, supporting it. Um, and for the first half, that was Dequa. Now, Steve, to bring it back in is because I don't want you to feel left out. <laughs> if you weren't at the game, what what would you want to find out about what happened that game? What what would be your question? What would what would you want to know? Who looked what? Who looked good? Who looked poor? What would you want to ask about that game? Well, I mean, I tried following along as best as possible on Riverhound's Twitter, which it seems like they definitely did a pretty good job of doing some play-by-play with not necessarily up-to-the-minute action, but at least every five or so minutes of action. So, I mean, really, is there anything you guys saw that was definitely like, you know, the, the weakest spot? Is there... Is there something there that uh, seems to be missing at all? I mean, I, I mean, if, do you think this is our starting eleven that we we put out there, or closest thing we've seen to it, or what are your thoughts? That was going to be one of my questions leading to the start of the pit game. Was would that be your starting eleven there? And I, I, I'm not entirely sure of that yet. In terms of of weeks, as a, from a positional standpoint. I mean, I'll still say I'm, I'm concerned at goal. Mainly because you're looking at two guys that don't have a ton of professional minutes in them. And the one guy he does hasn't played much in the past two years. Actually, I'll get into that now. Of And Vesti, feel free to tell me that I'm completely wrong with this. Uh, of, of the two keepers under contract now, Silva and Vosvik, I think Vosvik's got to be the guy that, that starts, or at least based off, I mean, obviously a very limited seeing each guy for 45 minutes. He just seemed a bit more composed. Uh, his distribution, I thought, was better. He he just seemed much more confident, and while Silva was coming out of, the, out of his 18, kind of like early years, Marc-Andre Fleury just getting a little unpredictable and uh, I mean, calling for balls that he didn't, poke check didn't need to go to. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> but I mean, there was one time that that Silver he he was screaming for a ball for his defender not to not to play the ball, so he'd go pick it up without anyone around him. There was no pressure coming in whatsoever. Defender lets the ball go, so Silva could pick it up. He bounces around for a bunch of times, looks to where he wants to distribute, and then immediately and then punts it out of play. Uh, and it was it's just you know if you if you want that ball for that that badly and then you're going to do that with it it's it's not a great look um are you yeah on the same page with me or you've seen it differently no i would agree um for silver in particular there's another instance where he was outside the 18 um trying to play a ball and had to like head it off to defender um silver definitely seems like the more vocal and aggressive of the two and it's actually kind of interesting that there's two really different styles of keepers that you can choose uh, between you know the problem though with being a really aggressive keepers you it's noticeable like you know it's you don't blend in um so when then when you fuck up it's a lot more obvious and then it's a lot more easier to um, make the decision to put you on the bench uh vosvik it was definitely like you said he, he's composed quiet kind of think what we kind of expect from a bob keeper where he just you know, he's, he's a professional keeper. He's going to get the job done, but he's not going to be flashy. Um, I think that tends to be 
what Bob leans towards. And um, since he did start both of these games with what I would probably consider what is likely our starting 11, or at least most of our starting 11, I feel like he's probably in the lead uh, to be the guy. Though I, it's it's tough to say. Every year, Bob likes to rotate them early to see who's got kind of the hot gloves and then sticks with them. So, I mean, maybe maybe in regular season, Vosvik being a, a rookie, you know, just out of college, maybe he just doesn't you know, handle it well or whatever. Um, and then Silver takes over. I guess, you know, we'll see. Yeah, for anyone who wasn't down there, the, the play that Vesti was just describing, take the, if you want to go back to the 20, uh, 2020, uh, take the, the, about halfway through the season, there was a game and uh, Tomas Gomez, uh, who was at that point was the starter, on that same side of the field where Silver was, I mean, came rushing out to, to play this ball outside the box, had to chest it and head it to, to clear it out, and Bob did not appreciate that at all. And uh, to me, that was probably the, the moment where he lost his job. Not not a howler of a bad save, nothing like that, just this this kind of rash decision to come out of the box and and try to play ball he had no reason to play. And then to see Silva do almost the this identical thing in the same part of the field, uh, I it just it was a bit concerning to me. And I'm I'm surprised that that was a guy that Bob wanted to bring into the to the team because it's, he's as you said very very aggressive, very very focal. Now yeah, we'll we'll see how it shakes it up. Yeah. Now after that on Tuesday yesterday the Hounds played at Pitt. So I mean in theory it was a road game. Uh, a 7-1, if I have it correct, 7-1 drubbing um, by the Hounds. I want to go through the starting 11 and get your ideas of how many of these people you think are your starters. Is this your starting 11? Is this not your starting 11? But here we go. Uh, Vosvik, Sims, Wheat, Ordonez, Peters, Jelani Peters, uh, Dixon, Forbes, Griffin, Rivera, Cicerone, Dequa. And I would before you answer that question, we'll start with Steve. Before you answer that question, look at the 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 amount of offensive weapons that was on this uh, the starting eleven: Dixon, Forbes, Griffin, Rivera, Cicerone, Dequa. That's a lot of forwards squeezing into this game. And I'd say that puts a pretty big smile on my face. It's a uh... Definitely a big change up from the Lily Ball. Typical. You got all those uh all those guys out there, all those powerhouses, all those forwards. I mean, they just kinda wanted to see the big dogs eat, put them all out there on the field and see what happens. And in the nicest way possible, I mean, fuck them kids. We beat them seven one. So <laughs> I mean it worked out. I mean, it is pit, so you want to say it in the nicest way possible. But uh, I mean Tough, definitely drug them through the mud a little bit, and uh, I don't know. It's probably a good, uh, good, almost like a team building exercise. Really, I mean, they uh, probably got to play well together, get a feel for each other as far as how are we all going to play on the field and not all want the ball at the same time. And I mean, from reading, uh, reading the Twitter and following along on Twitter as much as possible during work, it seemed like it worked out pretty well for him. Vest, do you think we get that much firepower 
on the field at the same time uh, when the regular season hits? Yeah, I, looking at that lineup, if that was the starting 11 during the regular season, I don't have any problem with it. And, you know, you, you look at that, that attacking of Dixon, Ciceroni, Dequa, Forbes. Yeah, I don't know how you could bench one of those guys to be a super sub. Like, they all they produce. Um, they know each other. You know, that, that familiarity is, is what we want um, so that they can do those give and goes and things like that and know where, where each guy's going to be. And hopefully then we don't get a slow start to the season. Uh, so, you know, without seeing... I mean, the the Louisville game is probably the only preseason game I'm going to make, so it's I don't really have a lot of a um, lot of looks on the other guys, but so I got to go with what I know, and, and I know those guys from last year, and I know they can they can do it, so I'd be totally happy if those that's our our front uh, players during the regular season. The one thing that stuck out to me was the Hounds seemingly getting getting their corner kicks going. Maybe every quarter can be a goal. Uh, Forbes uh, connected with with Peters, and if they can make that work, this is. I mean, Peters obviously one of the bigger bodies you're gonna have in the back line. We haven't been great at the corner kicks lately. Uh, even set pieces going into the box at all. If we can, you know, make Peters into the 2022 version of Joe Greenspan and. Uh, Kenny can can whip him in from the corner. That could be a great, a really really great uh, weapon for us. One, uh, just for the, the 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 actual firepower of the goals. Two, if they can do it consistently, you're looking at teams not willing to foul your guys around the box, knowing that that that's the weapon that's out there. Is there a chance we see the revival of, of good corner kicks and good set pieces this year? Hopefully. Good answer. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's not much more to say other than that. I agree with you, hopefully. <laughs> so that wraps up those two uh, preseason games. There was one left on the schedule. That is going to be this Saturday, back down at Highmark Stadium against WVU. Uh, there's not much to that we know about WVU. I, I, I mean, we don't really have any players coming out there too often. The most noble person is that Nick Noble is their assistant coach. So if you're going down there on Saturday, be sure to wear your your uh, Miracle on the Mon t-shirts. Wear them proudly. Make sure you seize them. We sent him one. We know he has it. Maybe he'll wear it too. That'd be kind of cool. Might want to dress in disguise or something if he hunts you out in the crowd, man. He might come after you. <laughs> I mean, he said he liked the shirt, so whatever. <laughs> um, looking at the preseason schedule, we also have Loudon. We actually have two more preseason games. There's another. Wait, didn't we already play Loudon? Is there another one? Or no? I'm sorry. I'm looking at this uh, wrong. I'm looking on the Hounds Twitter at the very top. Oh, that graphic at the top. I'm, that's yeah. The graphic, yeah. I'm, you know, it's kind of kind of wonky. I was looking at it, thinking that was uh, three sixteen, which I guess doesn't really make sense. That's two sixteen. My bad. Yeah, it's all good. So yeah, the one preseason game left against WVU. Here's my question I'll, I'll ask you guys, and I'll start with you, Vesti. Is the starting lineup that they put he puts out there this Saturday, is that your starting lineup in Memphis the week later? If it is, if it is at all similar 
like maybe one or two guy difference than the, the starting lineup they've had the last two games, then I'd say yeah. Um, I'd be very – I'd find it very interesting if we had basically the same starting 11 for three straight preseason games. That, that, that to me, seems like he, he likes that lineup and he wants to make sure those guys get experience and play time together to yeah, make sure everybody's on the same page. Um, if it's radically different, then I'm going to just chalk it up to, you know, last game, last chance to just see what guys got with other people and other positions and stuff and just kind of go from there. Serena, you think what we see the first part of the game on Saturday is going to be what we see down in Memphis? Or is it going to be kind of what Vesti is is hypothesizing that you might see guys getting rested or you might be just a last look at guys before before the games count? What are you thinking? No, I'm thinking we go out there with all the firepower again. Ideally, it's another one of those uh, games where they put out all the forwards and just all those, you know, all those powerhouses again and just let them mesh. And uh, hopefully that carries over to Memphis. Either you guys think that Bob signs a third keeper before before Memphis in a week and a half, or is he wrong with these two guys? I'm I'm hoping maybe there's a third, but I mean, if you look at the roster, just as far as quantity of players, um, it looks like we're pretty much set compared to the last two seasons at this time of the year. So I wouldn't be too too hopeful. I mean, you guys didn't see another trialist there, correct? There was only the two keepers that are signed at those game at the Louisville game. Yeah, yeah, I didn't notice a third. Yeah, I would say. I mean, it'd be wishful thinking, but. Uh, I would say probably not. I'm, yeah, I agree. If there was going to be a third, I think we'd have saw him by now. Um, unless somebody falls off. Well, I guess MLS has started, so it's not probably going to be anybody falling off from there. Yeah, the chances uh, we see a loan happen, gone. maybe. Always so, yeah. a loan possibility, but with the, uh, you know, and uh, MLS next pro league, I, I think we might see a, see a lot less loans happen into USL. Uh, championship teams. I could be wrong, and I'd like to be wrong, but I, I think that's going to kind of go by the wayside a little bit. So another another Hounds news. Uh, just a couple hours ago on the social media feeds, they started dropping in some pictures of them literally dropping in a, a shipping container onto the field. It is on the other side of... Uh, not where we're at on on the on the west side of the stadium. Basically, next to where the players come in and out of the locker rooms, uh, closer against uh, on the riverside there, and it's looking like it's going to be some form of premium seating that they're adding. Uh, Vesti, you want to watch a game pitch side from a shipping container? <laughs> uh you know, I love our section too much. I I don't want to leave that. That's the the right political answer, right? Um, but it, it, I think it's a neat idea. Um, if you have seen uh, the games in Char- or Charleston, excuse me, uh, over the last year or whenever they moved into that new stadium, on the one end they have one of these container uh, um, box things, and it's neat looking. Um, you know, I, I don't know if it'll be exactly like Charlotte or Charleston's got. Um, I think it's a neat idea. You know, we're pretty space con- constrained in Highmark, so 
not a lot of options if you want to try something different with sweets or specialty seedings or, or whatever. Um, I was trying to do some digging today to see who made Charleston's box, but I couldn't find it, or at least nobody's taking credit of it. Um, there was a company that, that did something with Indy 11 fairly recently for uh, concession stands, shipping containers, concession stands. And I think I heard Detroit has something similar too. So um, I have a feeling you'll probably see more of these pop up around the league. Cause I imagine they're probably not too expensive. And I'd also am guessing there's some sort of like, you know, league supplier. Um, but I, don't, I think it's neat. We'll, we'll see how it goes, I guess. We're, we're, we're never going to be in it though. So, um, you know, Hope, hope whoever does take advantage of that likes it. I guess my biggest fear with that is kind of what you said too. If if it sells well, obviously that's great revenue for the the club for basically unused space previously, uh, and probably on a decent market. It'll look kind of sad though if if it's not sold consistently, and now you just have this shipping container. I'm assuming the doors would be closed on if it's sold if it's not sold, and it's gonna look just um, a little sad. So for the sake of optics, I hope it sells very, very well, that in, in the revenue. Uh, Steve, if uh, if you had a buddy that said, hey, I got some some uh, I got some extra tickets to the shipping container, you want to go watch the game from there? Are you in? I'd probably at least entertain it and check, you know, check it out for a little bit. But I mean, to me, it's, I mean, I assume you guys saw obviously the video of the giant crane that dropped the thing in. It looks like Tuffy went from taking a bus out of a collapsed bridge rubble loaded the thing up and just went down to Loudon and stole their uh, their lockers. So, I mean, that's going to be interesting. I think it's the second home game of the season. I think it's like week four or five when Loudon uh, comes to town if they're going to get confused and head into the storage containers at halftime. That's a good shout. That's a really good shout. So, uh, but they got, apparently they got uh, running wire down there in Loudon now, so yay for small well, progress. Um, you think Tuffy owns that crane? I'd be willing to bet. I didn't see any like advertisements on the side for uh, tailgate zone or anything though, so that was a little disappointing. But yeah, definitely toughy owned. I mean, if we got hounds advertisements on uh, cement trucks in the past, I, you would think a crane would be like the the next step up, right? Probably. I mean, speaking of team logos down the side today, I saw the uh, the team Kia Soul came through. Well, at least my old work. I had a quick glimpse of it because I had to run up the street real quick and grab something. But uh, the old team uh, logo and everything down the side of a Kia Soul, it was kind of cool to see in person. Not that I haven't seen it before, but just to see it out in the wild is kind of cool outside the stadium. Yeah, they've that, that car has been hanging on for a few years now. They've, they've used that to, to take the trips to Harrisburg and back. And I see it bounce around town all the time. I don't know what their primary use for it is, uh, if it's – Probably just employees making making runs or whatever like that, but I see it I see it a fair amount of time uh, in season out season, so they they do get the uh, the mileage and the advertising out of it for sure. Yeah, for sure. All right, my last question so, on on the container, and I feel like whatever we're gonna say here is gonna be on the low end. What is the what's the going cost for a ticket in the container, assuming? It's open bar and some sort of food package with it. What what do you think the going rate for a ticket? We'll assume let's say it's like 
you know, you have to buy a, a dozen of them, just like that. What's 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 one ticket going for? For I can drink, oh, I can eat, pitch side. So you're asking a dozen people, all you can eat, all you can drink. I mean, yeah, I'm assuming you have to buy you have to buy like a dozen minimum or something like that. You know, you, you can't buy just one and have the whole place to yourself. One ticket, yeah, it's definitely more of an entertaining be... space. Hmm. What do they get? Where are you setting the line on this one? We could play places prices right rules. Uh, I was say, can, I, can I say a dollar? <laughs> I is it gonna be? Is it gonna be three digits? Oh yeah, definitely three. Total, yeah, for sure. Okay. Yeah, for See, sure. I, 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 I mean, I, I would say per head. You figure food and drinks per head. I gotta say that's about fifty dollars a person, so a dozen. That's what six hundred. So I'll go a little less than that. We'll say maybe about. about we'll say four ninety nine. Oh no! So you're gonna no? I meant I meant I meant a hundred bucks per person. Oh, per person? Yeah. Oh, um, no. That's, that's no, right. I don't think that. Oh, I think I'm I think... thinking if they they sell it as a 10, 10 pack or twelve pack. I mean, I don't know how many people you think you can fit in a storage container. You can entertain twelve people in a storage. How container. many pies can you stuff oh, in a storage container? Yeah, how comfortable yeah. you want to be? Right. <laughs> exactly. Also, the yeah, one in, say in ten to a dozen, I'd say four ninety nine. Oh, I think it's gonna be higher. Uh, I I don't see it being any different than. I guess it has to be a little bit different just to differentiate it, but I say it's going to be whatever they charge to be on the uh, the club level. All right, note to self: some one of us has to actually check when uh, when they release pricing what this is going to be. Again, we're uh, this is the assuming open bar in some sort of food package. Now the one in well, Charleston, we actually get the one in Charleston. It looks like they can stand on top of the sh- the container to watch the game. Would would you prefer being able to go up on top of the container, or would you want to be able to, you know, kind of take it two steps out in front of it and stand on the pitch? Because to me, I I'd, I'd much rather get, you're get a little bit of height. With a ball. <laughs> are they going to put it in that there? Like, what do they do there? Oh, I'm I'm really hoping the ball flies in there and just starts like breaking glass or something like that. That'd be great. Oh yeah, for and sure. you know our Some section will just, just not paying drink attention it up. and. Oh, for sure. Oh, Junior takes one in the dome because he's not. Oh, that'd be great. It'll be the nice like gong the, sound that ricocheting around inside that big, big open container. Oh, there's. I'm really excited. The possibilities for It'll me like were talk high three years ago. All over again. Oh, the uh, the Riverside Death Seats, Part Two. Yeah. Well, no. Remember what game was that? Was that was that Louisville? I don't remember who it was. Who were we hosting then? Anyway, during warm-ups, I took a uh, ball to the chest as I was carrying my uh, Las Palmas tacos over to our section, not paying attention, talking to somebody. And uh, nice, the team was nice enough to buy me replacement tacos. But, uh, yeah, it just uh, caught me off guard. It was pretty funny, to be honest with you. Wasn't There's, but, there's uh, like a big like salsa scatter mark at some – was it that? Oh, yeah, there was there was salsa and everything everywhere. Nice. It was uh, – yeah, it was. It was. A, it was a crime scene for sure. I lost three tacos that day. Yeah, if if you <laughs> if you've never been to our section, uh, you really got to keep your head on a swivel during warmups. It is uh, dicey sometimes, especially for the teams that don't have good shots. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I was actually nowhere near the net to be honest with you. I should have been in the clear, but uh, <laughs> I was just chit chatting with somebody, not paying attention, and it it's totally my fault. But I mean, I got crushed. <laughs> 
Nice. Tacos went everywhere. <laughs> so that's something to look forward to in the storage container of, of Junior getting, getting drilled for a, pre- uh, a warm-up ball. I love it. So, so uh, you know, this wasn't on the list, but all these sort of boxes got snazzy names. What would you call this other than a container? Are, are we giving it like a – are we trying to How sell the naming this? rights to it? How yeah, let's let's do the hounds work. How would you brand the shipping container? I th- I think uh, oh god, what is Charles called theirs? This is. Uh, I mean, to me, I feel like looking something up. I, I there's <laughs> gonna be a, a drive to get corporate spon like get sponsorship on all these things, and they'd be silly if they didn't. What's that? Is it just called like the container store? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Can they get or um, get them to cut a check to, for the container store pitch side pocket whatever. The 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 uh I don't know the uh, the Alcoa box or Alcoa seats or whatever. Yeah. I mean <laughs> if you can get someone to cut that check for you, get someone to cut that check for you. Otherwise they'll they'll, saying... they'll end up with something lame, you know. It's the um the 18, they'll go with some sort of 18 yard box pun or something like that, and it won't be that good. Uh, so, um, you know, I'm going to trademark this before we post it so I can get my cut, but I think you call that like the boxcar seats or something like that. Oh, you're going, all, you're working off the train. Yeah, why not? Mm, there you go. I will yeah, not remind my that, but I like it. <laughs> so you, you have, send us a check. You got about six hours to, to get that reserved before this goes live, so get on that. I'm just gonna go uh, register domain hounds boxcar funhouse.com. Yeah, I uh, about the containers still too. I mean, if you think about it, do you think they really are gonna put people on top of that? I mean, it's kind of gonna obstruct the view of anybody that's right behind in that little like patio area. I wonder if they would do that. It almost seems too close. You could practically jump onto the the uh, the suite. Uh, level there from top of that container. Yeah, you really could. I don't know how much walking space is behind there. I mean, how are we going to get back and forth to the tailgate zone? I'm not entirely <laughs> sure, but uh, yeah, looking at that picture, I mean, I can see a ladder in the background, so that means there's at least like, you know, a person's body's width of room back there, but how much more space is there between the two? And I'm pretty sure they want to sell that, that balcony above the shipping container is as a, as a suite or a party space as well. So there might be an obstructed sight line there. Yeah. A little bit. I mean, I get uh, the stadiums, you know, doesn't have the space to really put it anywhere else, but I mean, inside the container, are you really going to have that great of a view of what's going on in the game? That's you can't watch from inside the box. You have to be, that's why you have to either be outside of it to the side of it or, or above it inside is yeah. just, that'd be like really echoey. Yeah, and then you get drilled with the depends. Ball. I think it depends what they do with the doors too. If, depending how they have them open, it could be blocking quite a bit of view. Like you'd have to get. I almost think you just got to remove the doors altogether. Who knows? Unless they swing, you know, fully open and vertical. The pictures I have are just kind of at a ninety degree. I don't know if they go to a full kind of open and lay flat. I uh, thoroughly love that we have four or five new signs that got a few minutes of chat and now container chat's going <laughs> we're getting close to 10 minutes on container chat and i'm all for it 
I mean, that that crane video was awesome to watch. It was actually really cool to see him just lift that thing over the building and and back down the other side. That I know. Can you imagine the guy? The guy's doing that blind. I mean, he's dropping that crane, just trusting the dude, saying, "All right, man, you're clear. You're not hitting anything. You're clear." I mean, he's lowering it where there's a glass railing. God forbid the wind blows a little bit. Yeah, that well say that it's pretty badass. Look, yeah. when we don't have any video or streams of preseason games, we uh, we take what you can get. So we're uh, we're all excited to watch a crane blow or a container into our stadium. Yeah, I <laughs> love it. So, uh, Twin Spire and a bunch of other. I, I checked with a couple other uh, websites have released the preseason uh, uh, odds, betting odds for the to win the the championship, the USL championship championship this year Uh, amongst them. uh, The, the leader right now are the, the odds on favorite is at Tampa at five to one. And then two other Eastern teams are around us as well. Louisville is at six and a half to one. And then come the hounds in Birmingham jointly at 11 to one. I we're probably going to have an upcoming guest that's going to be able to give us a little more insight on this. But as you see this now and with not a ton of data available, is there anything you've seen on this futures list that you think there's some value in, in any of these numbers or do you feel like hounds at 11 to one is, is a, is a fair number? Uh, Looking at who is in front of them, I think it's probably right. I'm surprised San Antonio is ahead of them at uh, eight to one. I didn't think, I don't know. We don't really pay that much attention to the West, but I, I didn't feel like I haven't heard chatter that, that they were, um, you know, a little better than us. Although at this point, there's not much difference between eight to one to 11 to one. Um, but uh, I, I think it looks about right uh, from what I can tell. I don't think I'd put money on it though, because I'm not sure if there's really that much value at that. You know, I'd probably, if I was going to do a season long wager, I'd look for some dark horse further down. Yeah, I'm not a big futures guy. Uh, I don't do a ton of it. Again, if if you take a, a twick on a look on Twitter, uh, I know there was one or two people that were going to put their put their action in and then post what they were doing. Steve, is there anything on this list that jumps out to you? Is as exceptional value or something that's completely overrated? Uh, I mean, looking at the list, I kind of agree. Just looking at the teams ahead of us, I mean, San Antonio, I don't remember them ever being like a team that I ever thought to watch out for. And then El Paso being above us. Do you think they only really got a bump just because they signed Cheetah in the offseason? I mean, are they that much of a force to be reckoned with too? I mean, I mean they're West Coast, so I don't pay attention to too much West Coast. I just know Cheetah landed there and – I mean, is Francois that much of a value to them that uh, puts them in conversation? I don't, I don't know. That's. I feel like, especially when you get to these lower leagues, you're a lot of this is going to be based on perception of the of the past year. It's hard to imagine they, right. there's been that much. You know, the guys saying this line, they they can't be investing that much of their time uh, investigating how to set these lines. So there has to be a bit exactly. of of you know what how these teams look last year and then maybe they're looking at a notable sign or two but to me there has to be some some value in some of these picks and the one that stuck out to me 
And let me get the number in front of me correct, because I was surprised. All the way down at at 50 to 1, Charleston Battery. New coach, a couple of high-profile signings. Didn't make the playoffs last year, so they're kind of slipping underneath the radar. To me, if I had to throw some money on something I thought had value, uh, I to me it's... Uh, it's Charleston. That's the, the the name down the list that really stuck out to me. So I, I wouldn't throw money on this necessarily, but I think looking at the bottom of the list as well, uh, some other interesting names. Sacramento is right down there next to Charleston. I think it's interesting just kind of like a, how the mighty have fallen, uh, at least for as far as preseason rankings go. And then Indy is also way down there, even below Charleston. It's, uh, yeah, they're flirting with the two teams. Like yeah, they're uh, below Indy is just the two teams, Monterey and then Vegas, yeah. which is also effectively it's a two, a team. two team. Yeah, everything below them is yep. either a two team or a team that's new to the league, and that's kind of crazy. Yeah, I actually, mean, I know they had a rough team year in Detroit last year. above them. Yeah, I know Indy had a rough year last year, but I, I don't know it was just kind of crazy to see them that low because um, you know, they were uh, a solid team. Crazy. Like we're historically, anyways, are a solid team. But yeah, with that said, that's that that I'm angling to get that that interview on here. But we're probably going to have a a bet centric interview coming up here in the near future, focusing on on USL wagering and what to look for, what not to look for, and and where there might be soft lines to take advantage of in a in a lower league such as the USL. So look out on your feeds for that. <sighs> on the let's go through the. The Steel Army News Roundup here. Coming up uh, a week from Saturday is going to be the watch party for the season opener down at Bulldog Pub for the Hounds versus Memphis on the, uh, what was that, the tw- 12th? Have my yep. dates correctly? Yes. I'm trying to get off memory here. That's going to be at 7 o'clock. Do remember that that is St. Patrick's Day observed in Pittsburgh, so... Take a little extra time getting around, and your favorite watering hole might be a little more rowdy than normal, even though it's it's at that point the the night, and so all the heavy drinking has probably already been done. But just be aware of that. The week after that, All Hounds Eve slash the AGM will be the Friday before the home opener. Uh, it looks like our AGM is already going to have a pretty good attendance if the Facebook event has anything to say about that. All Hounds Eve, we've been wanting to do this for, for a good number of years now. Uh, Steve, I'm sure uh, you're not going to be there. Steve, you're right. You're, you uh, you got places to I'll be. I'll be on vacation. Yeah. yeah. Sorry to go that. Uh, Vesta, you're able to get away from uh, from the house for the for a Friday night and make a full weekend out of it. Um, we're gonna call it fifty fifty. Uh, you know, having a lot of things in a row is not always the best for me. Life, man, life. I have better yeah, odds than gonna... uh, Indy has. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to hide behind my kids again and say that, you know, I might have to be doing stuff with them. Fair enough. Well, the the night after All Hounds Eve is All Hounds Day, a.k.a. the home opener, against Hartford. Uh, tailgating is going to start at noon and go all the way through kickoff, kickoff at 7. Post, post-match victory bears a little bit after 9. And then the week after that, Detroit... We're taking the caravan up to Detroit. I checked the sign-up sheet 
today. The stop sheet will be on the the show notes for this. As of a couple hours ago, 27 people have already signed up to, to take the trip up to up to Detroit. I think we could do better than 27. Again, it's the the trip we've been wanting to take for a couple years now. It's it's right there on the horizon. So do what you got to do. Call off of work. Make arrangements. Get that carpool buddy put together. Find the hotel room and, and make Detroit happen because it's going to be an amazing, uh, awesome couple of hours. Guys, anything else on the, on the Steel Army front that I need to bring up here? Steve, anything I'm missing? Uh, not that I could think of offhand, but uh, yeah, just make sure you get your name on the Detroit list and uh, do what you got to do. Take uh, take Logan up on that free beer if this is your first road trip. I really want to see him lose a lot of money that day. Yes, I want a big bar tab for, for Logan that night. Uh, so, all you first-timers, this is the perfect game to show up for. Beer's waiting for you on the other end. Vesti, what else, uh, what else am I forgetting here? Uh, nothing, just again about Detroit. Um, I believe we have made contact with the Detroit ticketing people, so we should have some information about like costs and things like that. Um, but we are looking to buy a block of tickets or, or have a block for us. So um, if you are going to Detroit, hold off on buying your own. Uh, we're going to have some information about that. Yeah, sooner versus later, hopefully, too. Yeah, well, they game. just put out their, their single-game <laughs> tickets just went on sale, I think, this past week. So we had to jump on after that. And if I look, the tickets are what, twelve? I mean that's before if there's a group of a group rate, but so the tickets aren't gonna put you back too much. So definitely make those plans to uh to make the, the arrangements to get out to Detroit that Saturday. If there's not too much else out there, we'll do our, our classic recap of what did we learn tonight. I will go first and let the air two guys have a, a moment to figure out themselves. Tonight we learned about Craning a shipping container over a building, and now that looks pretty badass. And we uh, we learned it can be uh, cranes can be used for things other than, than buses out of uh, collapsed bridges. Vesti, what'd you learn tonight? I I continue to be unprepared for this part. Uh, I don't have anything. Uh, Knowledge I is key, to... man. Learn every day. Yeah, um, you know what? I will, I will put a note in my phone that I will have something for the next time. I noticed I intentionally not put this in the show notes, waiting for someone to remember that this comes up, and every week someone forgets that this comes up. Well, I think because we have this rotation going, so um, it's I will easy start. To forget I will start putting on. what do we learn in the show notes or in the run. Oh, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll start pre-filling it just in case. There it is, Starina. What do you got? What did we learn tonight? So luckily I put it in my own little notes that I would remember you were going to ask this question. And I don't know that I necessarily learned anything crazy on the show tonight. However, today I did learn that my Jersey is in the mail. Um, Pre-ordered that thing. I want to say maybe a week before Christmas, if I remember correctly, or even a little before then. And uh, I just got a notification email saying it was shipped. So pretty excited about that. I should be seeing that in the next day or two. And uh, yeah, that's about it. Did you get an name on the back, or do you go blank? No, I went with. I just go blank generally. I, uh, I mean, I have a very long-winded story about a Ziggy Pelfy Penguins jersey that uh, started my curse with player names. So I don't. I stay away from players. <laughs> no blank blanks uh, on the back, unless you're getting a legacy player. Blanks on the back is the way to go, right, Vesti? Yeah, you go blanks. Uh, I don't get them often, um, so it just depends on 
who's on the team at the time, I'll either go blank or, or get somebody. Although I, I, with the nature of this league, there is that, um, the two times I've gotten the name on the back, the guy hasn't been with the team next year. So that's why you gotta uh, go blank. It's tough. Unless, you know, unless they're going to retroactively sell you a, a cur or something like that. You gotta, gotta go blank. Absolutely. What's your opinion? What's your opinion on getting you know, before we, we leave? What's your opinion on getting on uh, an old player's name on a current Jersey? Oh, that's a foul. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I'm, I'm not a fan of that either. The only thing I can really look at or compare it to, and it's kind of a hard comparison because sometimes I actually do like it, ironically, is seeing Lemieux jerseys or seeing Lemieux on current jerseys. No, don't I'm like not it. always a fan of that. I, I like He never wore the powder blue. I just wasn't a fan of that. When you saw Lemieux on powder blue, it just didn't make sense to me. The one that always gets me riled up more than it should is seeing Clemente's name on the back of a 21 considering he never wore yeah, his same. name on the back of his jersey. That, yeah. that gets me, I don't know why that gets me kind of going, but it, yeah, it annoys me way more than it should. So yeah, don't do jersey fouls. Uh, stick with the blanks unless you're getting a legacy player on the appropriate jersey. And um, yeah, and then you'll be good. And that's your, that's your Hounds jersey buying tip of the week. And I think that that notification means it's time to go. Yes, it is. So, we'd like to thank the Beautiful Game Network for providing the online hosting of Houndsy. Check out the wealth of soccer content being produced weekly at bgn.fm. The Houndsy theme music was composed and performed by Rocketman and the Space Babies. Check them out at facebook.com slash spacebabiespgh. The show is produced by Joe Majorak. Email the show at steelarmypgh at gmail.com and put podcasts in the subject line. All complaints about the show can be sent to Nick noble at mail.wvu.edu thank you for listening and we'll be back again soon